Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Almost live from the trenches of New York City, here are your middle aged warriors, Chris Samino and Rick Summers. All right, welcome back, my friends. As they say to the show that never ends. Rick, who is, who is that? Emerson, Lake and Palmer? Oh, of course, Brain Salad Surgery. Oh, was, was that what it was? Yeah, Brain Salad Surgery. That was the album. I always thought uh, that was kind of a freaky name for an album. Yeah, very enticing, you know, but yeah, the cover really. was kind of awesome. By the <laughs> way, I'm Chris Cimino on Middle Age Warriors, and he's Rick Summers. I'm Rick Summers, and we are Middle Age Warriors on the Believe Podcast Network, and happy to have you stopping by, as always, because we count on you. We can't do this without you. Well, Where we could, been? but <laughs> we could, but it's sort of like if a tree falls in the woods and, nobody, and nobody's there yeah, to hear it. Exactly. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we're glad you're all there. And uh, we've got a good show today, an interesting topic to talk about. You know, I was, I was thinking about today and you look at the calendar and I'm like, geez, wait a minute. We're more than halfway through August. Halfway. And, you know, August. meteorologically speaking, you know, September 1st is the start of autumn sort of fall at the end of summer you know so we pretty much have two weeks left of summer even though astronomically it goes to september 21st but th that unto itself is kind of scary how quickly this just as always flies by and what is it that valerie always says after july 4th well i think that's a little <laughs> that's a little premature to say july 4th summer's yeah. over but you know now you're starting to feel it the mornings a couple of mornings have been a little cooler so you're getting the idea of how quickly uh, things go and you know summer is getting older as we say but I gotta tell you that living here in New York through uh, an interminably hot sticky summer and then when the fall starts to descend and the sun sets a little bit earlier and these uh, the humidity starts to break it's kind of like ah this yeah, is what we were waiting for yeah and the fall is upon us and I can't wait no, it, it is refreshing, but the thing is, I know what comes behind that, and that's the part that I don't mind fall. I just know that fall is, you know, the door opener to winter and that kind of longer stretch of darkness, and we kind of hibernate inside. And Hey, that's a, a good segue for I've fallen and I can't get up. Yeah, oh, there you go. <laughs> How's that? Which, which is a great segue to our guest. No, not, not a great segue to our guest today, by the way, which is uh, Jane Goldman who you brought forward to us, wrote a book. I guess it's with uh, No Regrets, Getting Older, Face It, Live It, and Love It. And Love It. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, and I read the book. I just picked it up. Uh, it was lying around the apartment because I think Valerie had had it. And I decided I would just pick it up and read it. And once I started, I couldn't put it down because it's an easy read, which mm -hmm. is very helpful for me because I'm not a great reader to begin with. I'm with you. But I, I really uh, relayed, related to it because live it, love it, accept it, get over it. Yeah. You know, yeah. really. Well, um, yeah. I like Jane's message and I was interested in what she had to say. Yeah, I think it's a positive and motivational book in terms of dealing with a process that is inevitable. And in a certain sense, the, the more you get into getting older, you know, in a weird way, the happier you should be that, hey, I'm still here. I so, know. <laughs> you know, I it's think Jane terrific. really nails it. Um, and we're going to get to her in just a second. But first, of course, you know what we have to do here right now. What do we have to do? We have to take care of business. We business. have a, we have we have a sponsor. So let's get to it. 
BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, eSports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-B-5-0, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, well, it's called With No Regrets, Getting Older, Face It, Live It, Love It. And before I bring you in, Jane Goldman, we want to say hello and please say hi to Chris as well. Hi, Chris. Greetings, Jane. Nice to meet you. Nice meeting you both also. Thank you. I think it's a great diving board into your book. I'm actually, because you and I have talked about it, and I thought it'd be fun to have you read uh, just a little section uh, to get us started. And then we'll we'll go into the title and everything else, if you're okay with that. So I think I was on page 31. And to my credit, Chris, I did finish the book. It's not oh. that I stopped at page 31. <laughs> so Jane, this will be Jane Goldman, and with no regrets from page 31. And I thought it was to my credit that I finished writing this book. There you go. (laughs) Changing lanes. I am moving in the fast lane. I will no longer let roadblocks, stop signs slow me down. I may be passing people who care about me to get to an unknown destination. But if I do not drive myself forward, I may stall or worse, go in reverse and become out of style or become an old model of myself. I have been asleep at the wheel too long. I applied the brakes so many times they squeak. I no longer can stay in park or continue to U-turn. I can no longer play the part of a machine while others press my buttons. I must shift gears so as not to get tied up in any more bottlenecks. I know that I may crash along the way, but that will just have to be the price to pay for change. I've signaled to those who love me my need to steer my own course and change lanes. So fasten your seatbelt, or should I say mine? I am now the one in the driver's seat. I am all gassed up for the journey. I have some dents. My finish is not always highly polished, but I have the license to be free. I earned it. More important, I give myself the permit. No longer will I, nor can I be the passenger. I am headed uphill. I will yield to only those whom I choose. I choose now to drive on the freeway, I choose to stop paying the tolls for a life that was not entirely my own. Wow. That's more than enough food for thought right there. uh, (laughs) I'm glad I just reread it again. It was helpful to me to make sure that I'm living is what I wrote. Do you feel sometimes when you hear your own words and you read them back like that, do you go through this process of, wait a minute, I wrote that? That's that's good. Exactly, because this was not a piece that I wrote in quite some time. So when Rick told me he wanted me to focus on it, I thought, yeah, I really wrote that. That was interesting. But now I just have to be guided by it. Well, that's that's obviously the yeah. issue, but you know, the bigger issue of, of the whole book. So Rick, do you want to mention the title, the full title of this? It's called With No Regrets, which I love. That in itself, plenty of discussion that Chris, you and I both have. The subtext is getting older, face it, live it, love it. Right. Mr. Samino, face it, Live it, love it. Well, what I like about it, Jane, it's getting older. You didn't say getting old. 
Right. And, and, you know, people always will will bring that up to me and I'll say, no, 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 no. I'm not old. I'm getting older. Older. We're all getting older every day. So I like that attitude. What was the scenario in your life that started to bring you to this direction, to this clarity about where you are at this point and how you're moving forward? You know, I think part of it was just by sitting down and writing what I wrote, because you go day by day and it's very hard to realize how time passes so quickly and suddenly you're 10, 20, 40, 50 in thereafter. So I think that, um, you know, I was dealing with it like everybody else with a lot of uh, thoughts and a lot of, oh, my God, who am I now and what do I look like and all that. But when I started writing, I began to, I think, help me to appreciate all the good things that come with aging. First, to just be able to age, that's such a Mm -hmm. gift. And with all the people that all of us has lost over time, and some people that I've lost, it's like a gift. And I'll take all my problems. And that's one of the things that still guides me. Let me have lots of problems every day. Let me uh, deal with them and just give it to me. Just don't give me that one problem, the health one. And then I I think I may have told you on the phone, something that my father used to say, my dad was a really upbeat guy, but he used to say, Hey, junior life is a shit sandwich. And every day you take a bite. And I thought, you know what? That is the most cynical approach you could possibly have. But now that I'm in my sixties, I get exactly what he was talking about. And it's, it's interesting because for a long time, And Chris and I have talked about this at great length. It's part of why we started this podcast, Middle Age Warriors, is that I lived with my life with my head in the sand because it was just safer and easier. Hearing that and growing up with that, uh, told to you by your father, you were very smart to put your head in the sand. (laughs) I think so. (laughs) He would feel so proud to see that, you know, his guidance and other guidance, hopefully maybe a little bit more optimistic from your mother, made you who you are now, which they would all be so proud of. There was always that. And then, Chris, you'll appreciate this. Wait till next year. But but I think as we move into, you know, the age range we are now all collectively in and, you know, in some shape or form, the guidance is our lives, not what somebody told us prior to or how it's going to be, because each path is different. But when you become more aware of the path you've taken, that's, I think, the education. That's the guidance to moving forward as we get older. And I think that's kind of where we're going with Jane's book. I mean, that's that's the premise here. Facing it, right? What does that mean to you when you wrote Face It? Wait, it meant that not only face it in, in a general sense, but I had to face my face. <laughs> face my face. And that was a little, but facing it means like accepting it and also trying to see the good in the process of getting older and not just what it takes away. And I think one of the things that was helpful as I was writing in the book is that everything has good has bad and bad has good. And aging does come with a lot of prices and not easy, but it also comes with a lot of gifts. And I think, I mean, for a gift for me was having time, I had to stop working. Now I had time to follow my passions. And I think one of the things that I'm grateful for is having had them when I was a kid and getting back to them. But I think, you know, facing it and not complaining and appreciating it and then uh, trying to take the good out of what I've learned getting here. You know what, Jane, and along those lines, I think about how much time we spend growing up wishing time away, wish the semester were over. Man, the summer is forever. And then when we get older, it's kind of like, 
holy smokes, where did the time go? And I, I get the feeling, you know, reading through your book, talking with you, and certainly knowing Chris as long as I've known him, that that is the realism of our lives, is that time is just like warping by at, at warp speed, so to speak. I know. I feel it's always so strange to me because a day to me feels like it has a nice morning, an afternoon, a late afternoon, an early evening, an evening, then you go to sleep and it has a nice pace. But then the week goes by in a second and the month goes on in a fraction of a second and suddenly it's a year later. And all of a sudden it's like, where was this? Where was I? How did this happen? When each day is taking its time. So yes, time goes so quickly. It's scary. And that's why it's to be appreciated. Yeah. Do you find yourself accelerating experiences more with a conscious awareness of, you know, I always say, well, I'm going, people say, oh, you're traveling so much. I'm like, well, I'm running out of time. And when I say I'm running out of time, I don't mean I, I plan on disappearing tomorrow, but I have to just do the math. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, I, I've got, if I'm, if I've got 20 years left, that's great. Anything beyond that is gravy. I don't have 60 years ahead of me. And so I want to experience and taste everything I possibly can, metaphorically and literally, in these years in a much more appreciative way. Do you feel that some people get into a sense of panic about getting older and, uh uh-oh, I've got to do everything now? Right. I I think you're right. They do. But I did try to do like you. The pandemic did slow me down. But Mm -hmm. I spent a good part of my life working hard, not taking vacations and things like that. And then I began to learn to say yes to even trips I didn't even know I wanted to do. In fact, all my friends knew that up until the last minute, they didn't know if I would really pack my bag. But every time I got on the plane, it was wonderful. And it was that feeling, if I don't start saying yes, if I don't take chances, maybe I won't have it again. And in fact, with the pandemic coming, it was, uh, I was very grateful for saying less. And I feel like at this stage, time is short. And, and it is to be appreciated. It's harder during the pandemic, of course. That's why I've turned to some of my passions and do things, you know, painting and things like that and try to do things. But um, yeah, time goes quickly and, and you have to say yes and, and, and experience. Because I'm, I'm not regretful for any experience that I took. Even I remember I planned to go to India. I didn't even really want to go. And we missed our plane. And I thought, great, who wants to go to India? <laughs> Sounds <laughs> like me. But then the next day, somehow we got on another plane. It was a very busy time to go to India. And from that moment, it was like, wow, you know, this is so wonderful. And there's still so many things that I still long to do and still hope to do. I just hope the pandemic gets easier and less fearful of traveling and, and do all those things. But also during this time, you know, one can be really a better friend to friends and do a lot of, you know, experience friendships differently, family relationships differently, because of knowing how precious everything is. And, and in the end, when you can't do a lot of things, these are the things that keep you alive and good. We talk about retirement. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you, first of all, when you turned 50 and got that first mailing from AARP, okay. were you freaked? That's A. And B, tell us a little bit about what, what you did growing up as a history. Um, yes, I, uh, well, I grew up, I was brought up by two lawyers. Uh, my mother was a lawyer, which in her age was quite yeah. something. I didn't think I'd ever be that, but ultimately I became that. A lot of, I have a, a piece of my book of what if, which is what if you, you know, went right or left and is your life going to change? And I have a lot of what ifs to make me do that. But I spent a lot of my time, and now that I'm getting into that thought, I'm almost losing your question. I like the discounts personally. 
Right, right. That's, that's very good, definitely. Yeah, the first few times it definitely it, it went into the garbage. I, I, I confess it took me a long time to give into that. But <clears throat> speaking in terms of relativeness and how perspective changes as you get older, traditionally this society is it's all about youth. Those are the movers and shakers. That's the group of people you know that that make things change in this world in this society. If you just look at demographics in terms of what the ratings are based on, it's eighteen to forty nine, twenty five to fifty four. Suddenly, this generation, our generation, I think is the first one, we're not going as quietly as mm -hmm. past generations did when they were 55 and 60 and then said, well, I'm about done. Let's call it a wrap. I'll retire and, and I'll go quietly. Right. I think we still want to continue to add to society and be very productive right to the last day they're shoving me in the ground, per se. I think mm -hmm. this is the first generation we're seeing a larger group of people mm -hmm. doing that. Do you feel that way? No, I do. And then you do see that, you know, our government is uh, older people are running our government now. And there's a place I think it gives a whole different aspect for the younger generation to not look like it's 50. You know, you go to pasture with the president and people running and our speaker going into her 80s. It's very um, much like uh, that the older people can still not only function, but really do things. And I feel that way, too, I because I was brought up to be very productive. And when I stopped working, I, you know, I still in different ways work because I feel like I still want to contribute. Although now sometimes I find I have more time to contribute to the people that I love as opposed to the universe. And that, that too provides some satisfaction to me. You know what, Jane, going through the pandemic, especially, I remember saying to Chris, and I'd be interested to get your take on this. I am so glad I grew up when I grew up and am not like right. just getting out of college now, right. being 22, being 25. Right. Would you ever want to go back and redo it? No, I mean, not especially with what's been going on in our world right now and the status of our country. <clears throat> There's so much that is that children have to confront. I just spent the summer with my 17-year-old grandniece and she was here studying and this and that. But I think of the world that she has right now with the country we have, with not being able to have gone to school during high school, things like that. And we had our issues. I had my issues. We had them all. And every generation has, I don't even like going through it as an older person. As an older person, <laughs> yeah. Don't say old person. Oh, right. older, we're not, older. We're not old, we're older. Right. That DER is so in, or so important, I should say. I like, Chris, that you pointed that out. I didn't even think of it that way as older versus old. I will yeah. myself, right? I used to use that psychology on my mom all the time because as she was getting older, she would start to use the phrase, I'm just old. Why am I still here? I'm old. And I said, no, you're not old. You're older, but you're not old. To me, that just sounds like, I don't know, it's, it's such a negative connotation. But speaking of using the term older, so what type of response are you getting to with no regrets, getting older, face it, live it, love it? You know, I've had very good responses to the book too. Uh, and I've done, uh, it really has meant a lot to me because suddenly you feel that your words are not only helpful to yourself in writing them, as I'm sure you find in writing, you, you know, you hear, you be able to read what you're really thinking. You didn't know you thought it, but then when it has an impact on people and they say, well, I'm really thinking about this. You know, that's why I was very honored and happy, you know, when I got your call, Rick. But uh, it, it's nice. People have been responding, you know, saying like the words mean something to them. So that feels very good. I had a social work card. I was supposed to have been a social worker. I changed my careers. But <laughs> so this this kind of it's, you know, it's something that boy, it's having my words have an impact on somebody. It's very powerful feedback for me. Life is social work. 
It really is. I've come to really understand that as I've gotten older and right. becoming more tolerant and more accepting, a little less quick to judge right. and to run to what my assumptions are and to step back and basically become a little more patient. Mm -hmm. Right, Chris? Yes, indeed. <laughs> I, I noticed the change right over the years. No, but going back to one of the points that Jane brought up also is, I think as we get older and then you do start to get more feedback, we realize the ability we have to help each other mm -hmm. just through telling our story. Because mm -hmm. some people suffer in silence. They think they're alone. They don't realize other people are dealing with the same, very same issues. And to hear it and read it and watch another person express it very openly and comfortably can really be healing to so many other people. So we, we sometimes lose that, that gift and that power that we have because it doesn't have a monetary value, has a bigger value actually, but we get so caught up in, well, what can I do to make money so I can get stuff? But right. we don't realize how much we can help each other just, just in society by expressing the experiences we've had and that we've all survived. That's how you survive. Right. I think that beautifully, you should put that in your book. <laughs> it's beautiful, right? That's Will you ghostwrite that for me? <laughs> well, you know what, Chris, that's, that's essentially part of the germ that we tried to grow when you and I first sat down talking about doing this podcast many years ago, was especially coming from a, an older male perspective that we thought that maybe we could do something that might be useful, certainly might be partially entertaining, uh, but you know, provide some insight and judgment for people to see what it's like for us guys who've had our careers, had our successes. Chris, you've raised two great kids and continue to have a wonderful career, but what it's like getting older. And that was really one of the reasons I so identified, Jane, with your book. By the way, you're listening to Middle-Aged Warriors on the Believe Podcast Network, and we are speaking with Jane Goldman, a New Yorker who has written a book. Uh, and I want you to just do a little plug, if you could, where people could best find your book. Uh, to Amazon, just go to Amazon. You can put my name in and just say with no regrets and it should, you know, come up, you know, easily on Amazon. One of the interesting points, you know, the fact that Rick brought this book to, to life for me as well. And we were talking before the show started today and you were saying you were kind of surprised how many men are actually reading this and identifying with it. And, you know, I, I'm curious as to why you were surprised by that, actually. I think maybe because I started the book off with things like, you know, where did I go? And I was focusing on the issue that us women face, you know, when you don't recognize yourself anymore, when you mm -hmm. see other people, young people in the, in the mirror in a restroom and they leave and suddenly it's like they left with my face. <laughs> So I had pieces like that, but I, uh, so somehow, and then I, I um, the, my, my publisher is the publisher for the Three Tomatoes. She, a magazine for women, geared to women, although I think men could certainly learn from it too. So I don't know. I, I just, I guess I just thought it was focused on that. But I must say though, that as I was even reviewing my book, particularly Rick, after you, you know, said what you did, and some male friends also found the book to be helpful, or they helped to understand women better, they said that I began to see that, you know, I didn't write it specifically for women. I was just writing it. And somehow I thought it was geared more, but I'm pleased that it really has a more universal appeal. So I'm glad about that. You know, Jane, I always say it, it's like when you go to therapy, you've had all right. these thoughts in the vault for right. so long. And then when you're in therapy, 
and you feel safe and you finally let some of this stuff out and you hear it coming out of your mouth and you say, my goodness, it must really be real. Maybe that's some of what you felt as you read your own writing. So what's next? Uh, Good question. If I can be of any influence, I hope you write some more because I really enjoyed spending some time leafing through your book and then going back again as we prepared for this interview because it really struck a lot of nerves. And and I know that Chris will feel the same because it's a, a pretty good quick read, but really insightful. And we hope that you'll continue to write some more and keep us posted. One last question, because it sounds like, because I've been bitten by the bug a few years ago, kind of came late in life. It seems like you've done some traveling and you seem to like it. Is that true? Oh, I got, I loved it. I didn't like the idea of it. but yeah, I, I know. <laughs> the process is awful. Right. It's it's the payback at the end. Has there, what, what's been your favorite place to have gone to so far? And what do you have maybe sort of as your, your next dream place to go to, to experience? You know, I think the places that I have loved the most are those that have been so different. I mean, I love going to the cities in Europe and Italy and all that, and I would love to go back. But the trips that I didn't want to take and wound up because I said yes, I got into saying yes, like I went to Vietnam and Cambodia and to India and Alaska even, places that were not on my bucket list. And they opened up my eyes to uh, not just, you know, scenery that was so different, but people's spirit. I remember going to Cuba when they first opened up Cuba and just uh, living and watching the, the way that people were able to live their lives in such a different environment than ours. And so I think those are kind of the trips uh, to more unusual places. And I'd hope soon to be able to get back on the plane and see more. I'm not too sure if I picked any quite yet. But I think if anybody else of my friends who picked it, I'm just going to say yes, wherever it is. <laughs> and then I'll make up my own list. But yeah, but what you, what you, you need to do is have a go-to bag ready to go in a moment. Yeah. That's, yes. I remember on one trip, a friend said you can't take more than just a bag of things. And I realized, you know, I just needed to carry on. That's all you need on these trips. So, yes, but whatever, we'll see. You As we get older, less more. is more. Jane yeah. Goldman, congratulations on your Thank book. Once again, it's called With No Regrets. And what a great way to be able to close this chapter as you get older in life, to look back and say, no regrets. And it's with no regrets I wrote it, because now I got to meet both of you and been able to partake in what I think is... What a pleasure, Jane. We really appreciate it. And I know you've got plenty more down the road heading your way. Some good good things, good projects coming your way. With With that talent that you have that you're just delving back into, just from the artistic side... I, I think you've got some exciting years ahead. That's for Thank sure. you both. Well, that was really uh, what I thought it would be. And that is interesting and relatable, especially to the middle-aged warrior audience, as we're all advancing in age at breakneck speed. <laughs> so it feels, right? Didn't feel that when we were like 10 and 11, and we couldn't wait to get out of school and get to high school, right? But all of a well, sudden, everything is moving fast now. Yeah, and it's and everybody's in total agreement that... You know, it's just a year is so much a shorter part of your life as you get older. You know, when you're 10 years old, one year is one tenth of your life. Mm-hmm. That's a big chunk of time. But yeah. when you're 61 or 62, all of a sudden it's a little piece of pie. And that's uh, it's it's amazing just how quickly it all goes by. The routines seem to come up again, like like we're getting ready for Christmas. And I, I used to blame the Hallmark people because they'd put the cards out and and the store is too early, but 
and back look, to school sales started, yeah. you know, July 4th. Yeah, we, we just did a, we just did a piece today uh, on the show. Uh, and here it is middle of August. It's pumpkin spice season and fall. Yeah, that's and, what I mean. uh, yeah. and, and then, and Halloween, they're like, these Halloween shops are popping up already. It's yeah. that's not until the end of October. That's two and a half months away. And, and we're acting like it's right around the corner kids. So yeah, I don't know what the hurry is to be perfectly honest, but um, I think the more we experience these things, like you're talking about the more Christmas or holidays and Thanksgivings, they seem to come up faster. I don't really, I think that's just all perception. And that was, that was part of what Jane was even talking about, you know, yeah. taking each day on an individual basis and saying, hey, let's celebrate. I'm here again another day. So I, I do like the message she was delivering. And, you know, somebody like Jane, especially, it's funny. Now she's reflecting back on all of the, the skills she has, the artistic skills again. She had a career that kind of took, took away from that. But that's some of the stuff when we get older, we can reflect on and maybe start to spend more time in and make us feel almost like we're, it's a rebirth, meaning you know, I always liked to paint, but I didn't have the time to. I always wanted to write a book like Rick Summers. I never had the yeah. time to. And and now we do. So in a certain sense, we should be celebrating that a little bit, I think. You know what, Chris? It, it reminds me of an interview we did a couple months ago. John Johnson uh, mm. from Channel 7, yeah. who is an accomplished painter. And yeah. this is how he's spending the later years of his life. Yeah, and he it's, always had been, but right. it, it took the back burner because he had a career in broadcasting and a, and a great one for so many years. And now he gets to... Uh, jump back into that and, and relive that again to to its fullest. And that's that's some of the joy and that's some of the things to look forward to, I guess. And that's where the love it comes in in terms of uh, getting older. So Jane, so, thanks so much. Rick, thank yeah, you really. for bringing her forward. Oh, she's good. great. And she's part of the whole Three Tomatoes family. Remember Cheryl Benz right. also been on with us. Sure. Um, and um, I'm so glad that Jane had a little time to spend with us. And I wanted to ask you as summer is winding down, uh, how are you scoring it? Has, has it been good? It's It's been good. It's going fast. You know, I had a couple of uh, adventures. The, the biggest one was going off to Peru and finally another bucket list, Machu Picchu, uh, being able to experience that and see it the way we did was was amazing. I haven't really spent a lot of time. I'll tell you, I haven't been to a beach really yet. I mean, briefly, I went to a beach this past weekend in the evening, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but that's fine. It just does go fast, but Baseball season is still rolling and my boys are still rolling and still in first place as of us speaking right now. Yeah. And you saw something last night. You actually, you don't always, you, you know, you kind of follow the Mets, but not quite with the intensity that I do. Absolutely. And you texted me last night when something pretty special happened. Yeah. It was, uh, I, this kid that they brought up, he's what, I think he's 22 years old. Yeah. Brett, Brett Beatty. Beatty. Mm -hmm. Brett Beatty. Uh, B-A-T-Y. Mm -hmm. I like a baddie. Baddie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What a great name for a baseball player, right? Right. Right. And so they were cheering in the stands in Atlanta, no less. Let's go, Mets. And I thought they were cheering, let's go, Brett. Let's <laughs> well, go, Brett. But his let's family was Brett. there. They and, were there. And so they see... just called him up yesterday. Yeah. Right. Uh, he's apparently been tearing up double A and then went to triple A for a week. Yeah, for and, a week. And he's <laughs> just incredible. been on fire. This kid is, uh, I think he was, he was a, like a, a first round draft pick yeah. a couple of years ago. Right. And they've been really high on him and they decided to bring him up. And I said, I just happened to turn on the TV last night. And I said, well, let me see uh, what he does. His first at bat looks at first pitch, right. ball one, 
looks at second pitch, boom, boom, <laughs> a deep shot to right field. Right. And he swings about to me like strawberry. That's what I well, thought. Watching yeah, him. a lot of those lefties, they have that long, sweet swing. It's, it's a yeah. beautiful, picturesque swing, particularly when they connect on a long ball like that. But think about it. You know, here's this kid. His family's all there. Everything has happened so quickly. Like you said, to go from double A to triple A in a week, and then you're you're in the majors in a crucial pennant race game in yeah. Atlanta. And to deliver like that, I can't imagine, like, what's going through your head? And, and watching the parents, I have to be honest, I, I, I started to tear up because I'm just sentimental about stuff like that. I yeah. can't imagine as a parent seeing your little baby boy that you, you took the Little League games and then all the high school games, and I'm sure the traveling teams, and suddenly this moment? Wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That was a pretty yeah, cool Yeah, no, it's pretty incredible. And and his parents and I don't know who the other ancillary people were, but yeah. <laughs> it looked like a lot of relatives. And they were, you know, they had their uh, their iPhones up and they were taping his uh, at right. bat right. for posterity. And how exciting. I just thought that was a great moment. And it happened a couple of weeks ago in Los Angeles, though I can't remember the young guy I, who did it. Yeah, I don't remember the guy who did it. Awesome. Also, his first major <laughs> league at bat. That. Yeah. 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 So, uh, well, we, we wish Brett well, and of course, uh, hopefully he continues to add to the, to the Mets uh, moving hey. forward and getting there. Mm -hmm. And Brett, welcome to New York, and don't forget to turn on Channel 11 where you'll see your New yes. York Mets, and you'll see Chris Camino uh, weekday yes. mornings on New York Living. You know, it's kind of New cool. That, He's that a New I'm, York liver. That, yeah, but yeah, that I'm part of a station, though, that shows the local Met games here in New York. So for me, cool. actually, literally, I walk outside. We're, we're in temporary digs right now because we're building brand new studios. And we're in a particular little location where the weather center is. And when I come out of the weather center, right up against the wall is this huge picture of DeGrom. And it's like, how cool is this? I work at a place where it's like, I've got a, basically, it looks like a, a six foot by four foot picture of Jacob DeGrom on the wall. So pretty cool That's stuff. Pretty cool. Okay. Pretty cool. But I'm glad you got to catch that yesterday. Yeah, me so too. We've got, we're, we're looking forward. What are we looking forward to? Uh, Rick, yeah, as a matter of uh, fact, um, we had Suzanne White on uh, last year with us, who's uh, the caregiver warrior who developed the website after taking care of uh, elders in her life and decided that there was a real need for a place for caregivers to have to go and get information and vent and just feel like they're not so alone. So she developed caregiverwarriors.com. Suzanne's written a book that, uh, as a matter of fact, I'm so proud I bought another book. So I bought it, which you can find on Amazon, even though it's not out until early September. But we're going to talk with her soon and then have her on as well. So we can do that. And, you know, it's something we all deal with at some point or another. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is and this is the time of our lives where we're confronted with that. And it's, it's interesting in some cases, depending upon whether you were a parent or not, you know, your children are now out into the world and you finally are rid of the, the heavy duty responsibilities. And suddenly now your parents become your children to a degree yeah. that you, you know, you have to, and so it's a, it's a challenging thing. It's, it's something that more and more of us as we live longer and longer are confronted with. So uh, we look forward to that. And, you know, I've had a, several guests actually come on New York Living, as you, you aforementioned on Pix 11 in New York. And uh, I'm going to try to get a couple of those uh, guests on the show as well. 
to expound a little bit longer than, you know, it's, it's live television. So they get their seven, eight minutes, but some right. of them have been really interesting. And I think I'd like to delve in deeper. I think we would have a good time with that too. So well, you had a guest on, I saw online, uh, I guess she's a PhD psychologist who's talking about resiliency. Mm. And that's, that's a big part of what I'm interested in sure. from a social work standpoint, and also from dealing with MS for all these years, uh, that that's really going to be the focus of what I'm driving. Uh, what's the driving train of what I'm trying to write? Right. So resiliency. And, uh, and who knows more about resiliency than New Yorkers, New York sports fans. <laughs> Just New Yorkers in general, though, I think you yeah. nailed it. And there's and always I've, the resilient the resilient barking of Tula in the background of one of our podcasts, as I'm hearing right now. With that, sunshine always. We'll see you guys soon. Stay safe. Stay smart out there. Be well. He's Chris Cimino. I'm Rick Summers. Be good. Feel good. Thank you for joining us here on Middle Age Warriors. And we will uh, catch you again soon. And she's Tula de Jesus Cimino barking in the background. And once again, of course, this broadcast was brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.